What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, recording this on Monday, February 6th, the week of trade deadline week. And boy, oh boy, are the vibes pretty low in Memphis. They've lost eight of their past nine games. They've had a scruffle with Shannon Sharp. The team's broken without Steven Adams. Dylan Brooks is hitting people in the in the jewels on national TV. And I, I don't even want to I don't want to talk about the John Morant Pacer stuff either. And then the team just forgot to shoot. And, you know, uh, and, you know, I could say all this and they're still second in the West, but, you know, something's bound to change, whether that's with the rotation or perhaps the trade deadline. But I have a very special guest to talk about probably everybody's favorite Grizzlies trade target, probably everybody's favorite trade target in general, this trade deadline, excluding uh, the possibility of Kevin Durant. But before we introduce our guest, let me tell you how you can keep in touch with the show and with the blog. So Grizzly Bear Blues is the SB Nation blog for now of for the Memphis Grizzlies. You can find us on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. And GBB Live is the flagship podcast of the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network alongside Starting Five Podcasts, the Next Gen Podcast, Core Four Podcasts, and Grizzly Bear Bets. So wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network right there. Once again, I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and with me is a NBA reporter for SDPN Sports. He also hosts the Objective Basketball Podcast and the No... No, it's one... Two pods. All right. Yes, it is two pods, baby. Yeah, we're cooking. Yeah. Two pods. The Objective Basketball Podcast and the No Good Podcast. You can also check out his trade deadline show with uh, Lauren Gunn. On Thursday, it's Esfian Darcy. I already messed up. Esfian Darcy. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Every time I jump on a new pod, man, it's like an exploratory adventure. When oh, people, bro, we'll, we'll just call, it's all good. It's all good. Ez. It's all good, man. Yeah, most listen. Most people just call me S. You're good. You can call me S. Yeah, S. Barahini here. Your boy at attention. How you doing, man? I'm making it. But you know what? Uh, it's ironic. The Grizzlies and Raptors just played yesterday. Yep. And you got to see all just the the funk with the Raptors, the good side of the funk with the Raptors, man. You know, they drive and they don't even drive and kick. They drive and crash. Like they just decided <laughs> yeah. to like, okay, we're going to drive and then we're going to have somebody come from the opposite side and just go in for a flying layup or dunk on the Grizzlies heads. Uh, Scotty Barnes looks like rookie of the year. Scotty Barnes in crunch time. Pascal Siakam is always as awesome as ever. It, it's always Nice yet bittersweet to see a former Memphis Tiger, Precious Achua, do well, even at or not. Well, I kind of say not even at the expense of this, but no, this was kind of bad. Him dunking on Jaron Jackson Jr. That was tough to watch. That's a nice one. That was a nice one. Not but, hey, that's what happens when you try to block everything. You're gonna get dunked on a time or two. But yep. You know, even with that, uh, the Raptors are at the center of trade discussions. Well, the Nets kind of stole everyone's attention, but really. The Raptors are at the center of attention for everyone because, you know, they've fallen out of this. They've kind of fallen out of the playoff picture, more kind of flirting with the play-in, and it's kind of like a do they, do they not with the Wimbenyama chase. You know, there's the talk about Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, OG and Anobi, and the fact that they're all going to get pretty expensive pretty quick. There's roster redundancy. So just as just quickly run us by the, uh, the Raptors season and what's kind of gotten y'all to this point of – Oh, they are the biggest X factor at the trade deadline. Yeah, man. I I think you kind of summed it up there. I think there's there's a lot of redundancy on the roster, uh, and that's come back to haunt them a little bit. 
I've said this before, but last year was sort of uh, uh, everything was perfect outcome for this team because you had an all-star season for Fred VanVleet. You had a shooting, you know, a a lights-out shooting season from Gary Trent Jr. and Fred VanVleet. And then you had Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes, have his his sort of breakout. You have Pascal Siakam, who was an all-NBA player. So there's... It was sort of the perfect outcome for that team, and they ended up fifth and ended up losing to the Philadelphia 76ers. I think there's there's kind of questions about how this team is supposed to be made up and the direction this team is supposed to go, whether it is with the young guys of, of a Scotty, of a Precious, of a Gary Trent, or it's the older players and kind of buying in and, and trying to see if this team can compete. But the real issues here is that they've created a roster that has a certain level of redundancy, Uh, And they've doubled down on certain things while uh, trying to avoid addressing other issues, basketball-related issues that really don't work. There's core fundamental things about basketball in the sense that you need guard play. You need elite guard play. And they don't have any elite guards outside of Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. You need a big man. You need a center who can be able to rebound and block shots like a Jaron Jackson Jr. But they don't really have that guy. They're hoping Precious Achua can end up being that person for them. But... There is no big bruising guy in the middle that they can kind of rely on to to block shots and guard your Embiid's and your Jokic's and whatnot. So they've they've neglected two massive parts of roster constructions, and because of that, they're now looking at you know shifting the deck, if you will, or shuffling the deck. So that's why they're in this per- current predicament. Yeah, and it's really interesting because you know you talk about the redundancy, and it's like they have the present with Pascal. It's all the same position: the present with Pascal Siakam the tweener with OG and an OB and in the future with Scotty Barnes and precious Achua. And yeah. so like you said, it's like, okay, how can we shuffle the debt to kind of have this make more sense? I mean, maybe it might start with, you know, building out a roster where Nick nurse isn't running his starters to death where they looked fatigued by yeah. this time this year. But I really obviously want to focus on OG and an OB for a lot of reasons, primarily because, you know, I don't ever really buy a lot of the trade smoke when it comes to the Grizzlies just because Zach Clements always kept things close to their chest. And usually that means smoke, but it's like Zach Lowe talks about it. Tam Pacini talks about it. Woj, Bobby Marks, Tim McMahon. You have everybody talking about OG and Anobi and the Memphis Grizzlies. It makes a whole lot of, or and not, even, not even including Memphis's own Chris Vernon talks about OG and Anobi and the Memphis Grizzlies. What has made OG available to this point? Because like I said, he's that tweener where like he can compliment Pascal, but he can right. compliment Scotty Barnes too. I think the reason OG and look, this is without me trying to be too saucy and whatnot, but I think there's 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 a level of dissatisfaction coming from Ananobi and his camp. This has been reported before. There are yeah. unhappy players. Uh, th- you know, this has been mentioned before, but this is sort of me just kind of like reaffirming that that is something that I have also heard here. Where Ananobi, yeah, th- there has been an unhappiness, I guess, to his role and what he can do. And look, I, I'm not going to knock him for it. I think a guy who's 25 years old, who has been behind a Pascal Siakam for the majority of his career who has had to deal with Fred VanVleet becoming an all-star, Scotty Barnes becoming a rookie of the year. He really hasn't received any or much of the shine uh, up until this point where now he is the main trade target for the Raptors. I think I think that's probably the biggest reason is the fact that he wants to look at look to spread his wings and try yeah. out things. Um I'm not sure if, you know, and you might be able to answer this a little bit more to than than me, but if the Grizzlies are the spot where he can expand his game a little bit offensively. 
I think obviously they struggle in the half court. So maybe OG's presence as a three and D guy, as a guy who can stretch the floor for them, knock down shots. Maybe that helps them a little bit in their starting lineup. But I, I just don't know. I think defensively, the fit is sublime. I think obviously pairing Jaron Jackson Jr. and OG in your front court together, that's going to be one hard defensive team to stop. But I guess uh, offensively, there's the question of, okay, how will he be able to expand his game? Because that's that's essentially what he wants to do is he wants to go somewhere where he can try things out, where he can expand and obviously, um, yeah, be kind of like a bigger player, if you will. Yeah. It kind of boils down. I think a lot of it actually boils down to can they keep Dylan Brooks in the trade or with the, out of the trade? Right. Because people can kind of argue that it seems pretty lateral to go from Dylan Brooks to OG and an OB. While you, you still have the, like my thing is trading, doing that sort of trade, you still have the same wing problem. Your third best wing is still Danny Green coming off of a knee injury right now. Right. And right. that's not going to cut it in the playoffs. But I mean, I've kind of come around on the fact that like, okay, if you can trade some of those questionable Dylan Brooks shots and give OG a similar green light, maybe. Mm-hmm. But at the end of yeah. the day, he's still the fourth option. He's not yeah. going to get – they're going to run job pick and roll a lot. Desmond Bain's going to shoot seven, eight threes a game. Jaron Jackson Jr., good things happen when he scores or when he has double-digit field goal attempts. So – and, when right. and, and that kind of puts them in the similar situation as where the Raptors are, right? It's like, exactly. look, Fred VanVleet yeah. gets a shot, Pascal Siakam gets his shots, Scotty and Gary trade their shots too, and then it leaves OG, right? So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess my thing is like, yes, I in an ideal world, OG is an exceptional fit when it comes to the Grizzlies. I think that is totally, it makes a lot of sense. But I guess in a world where he's unhappy, where he wants to try things out and look for his shot, I'm not sure if the Grizzlies are the pair place to go, but in terms of why he's available, that's yeah. the reason is because he wants to kind of explore his game a little bit more. And yeah, he's sort of seen the end of the road here with the, with the Raptors. Yeah, I agree. And it seems like all the destinations that are thrown out there, he's not getting that at all in new Orleans. He like, good luck, like trying to get more touches than Ingram Zion in the column, not yeah. happening in Memphis. It might in New York, just depending on how much they value him over R.J. Barrett. Phoenix, I don't know. Well, like Phoenix, they run like a they run a very egalitarian offense, right? It's like let's let's share the rock. So maybe, yeah, maybe in Phoenix, maybe in New York. But to your point, like it's not like there's an Orlando that's coming and saying, "Hey, man, you can take twenty shots for us." There's not. there's not a, you know, another team out there like a Detroit or something that's saying we're going to give you guys 20 shots or something like that, right? Maybe maybe Portland. Maybe Portland is the team that comes and says, hey, man, like we have these shots for you. It's available. Uh, maybe you're right there with Grant in terms of being our third guy right. behind Simons and Lillard. So I don't know. But to your point with the Grizzlies, yeah, there's always going to be that question of like how are they going to involve them more offensively, right? Right. And I, I will ask you, I mean, we've kind of touched on a little bit, like, what do you, what do you see that he would provide for the Grizzlies or I'll, I'll say specifically Grizzlies. I don't want to, I don't even want to entertain the idea of him going to New Orleans or Phoenix, but yeah, what would yeah. he provide for the Grizzlies? I think uh, a, a guy who can defend multiple positions. Uh, he really is. Uh, yeah. We talk about the whole one through five thing, and that is grossly exaggerated for 99% of the players that that applies to. But OG Ananobi genuinely can guard one to five. 
this year, just this season, the man has been the primary defender for Donovan Mitchell. He has been the primary defender for Nikola Jokic. He has been the primary defender for for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the thing that all three of those players have in common is that they have nothing in common. They are all three completely different positions, completely different play styles. And that's the type of defender OG Ananobi is. He can be thrown in onto literally any type of superstar player, and he's going to make things difficult for them. He has the size, he has the quickness, he has the ability. Uh, if some people, I, I look, I love Dylan Brooks, Canadian man here, love me some Dylan Brooks, right? Big fan of him. But if people think the that the Dylan Brooks OG thing is a lateral move, it's because they haven't watched OG Ananobi play defense. Dylan Brooks is a great defender. There's no question, no yeah. doubt in my mind. But it's just there's a there's levels to this in terms of defensive versatility, defensive prowess, and OG I think is is a tier higher there when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. And may, and maybe you know with the shot shot selection yeah. thing, I don't know, man. Like that's that's a thing for you and Grizzlies Twitter to decide. But like maybe even with the shot selection. Brooks takes if you take Brooks out of that equation and he's not taking those random chucks anymore and you throw in OG instead who's probably going to take less shots than Dylan Brooks maybe there's a addition by subtraction type of thing going there but I don't know what what do you think about that situation Yeah I mean I will add on I guess you know the defensive prowess you can argue that OG is just a smarter defender mm-hmm. uh Dylan Brooks has averaged roughly four fouls per 36 minutes for his entire career, whereas OG is around three. And I I will say Dylan Brooks came out and said, I'm going to use all six fouls or not all six. He's going to use all five. And I credit him that that's a good mentality to have, especially in today's NBA. But I agree with you in the fact that he does take a lot of ill-advised shots. And it's not the fact that it's like, you live with it. If it's like, okay, Dylan Brooks, you know, He's taking ill-advised shots, but he's has he's shooting the ball eight times a game. He's averaging he's been averaging like fourteen to fifteen shots per game over the past three seasons. He's also averaging around like ten to eleven shots per game with Jaron Jackson Jr. John Bain in the lineup. So it's just more of like okay, can we replace this? Honestly, like one of the least efficient high volume scores in the league with yep. someone who is a little bit more efficient. But also, too, even if OG doesn't shoot as much, that opens up more shot attempts for Bain, more shot attempts for Jaron Jackson Jr. But then again, you kind of run back into the, okay, where's the rest of the wing depth coming from then? Yeah. So that's kind of where I stand with all that. I mean, but regardless, this is that would be the trade for the Grizzlies to make this trade deadline I agree. to really push them over the edge. Do you see the same thing? Is OG that kind of needle mover? Yeah, I think in a West that is wide open, um, I think when you look at, you know, the, the, I mean, the the Mavericks traded for Kyrie Irving for this very reason is the fact that they believe that the West is wide open and they have a chance this season, even with that small, I mean, it is a pretty massive trade, but you know what I mean? Like that big of a difference, they can, they can literally go ahead and win with a player like Kyrie Irving. So I guess that's what I'm saying is like, look, one type of player can change the landscape of the Western Conference. And maybe OG Ananobi is that type of player. Now, to your point earlier about, like, you don't want to picture him being in New Orleans or Phoenix. I think that's probably what New Orleans and Phoenix are thinking about Memphis yeah. either. Is because, like, you, you don't want to have that guy be on a different roster that's competing against you. So I think that's why you will see a little bit of a bidding war here for OG. From what I've heard, from what I've seen, and from what I've just read and, and listened to, uh, the offers are going to be pretty big. Uh, and yeah. I think it's just because 
of the fact that he is the big kahuna in the trade deadline. He is the guy to go after. And, you know, that sort of sets the market, if you will, for what else is out there. So I, I, I get that, like, some people have said, oh, you know, the three firsts or two firsts and a prospect or multiple prospects, whatnot, is a lot. But when he's the big guy to be traded, of course you're going to go ahead and ask for the highest price. That's clearly the way they're going to do this. And I, And to your point about this being a difference maker, I think the Raptors understand that too. And, and they know that, like, look, we don't have to trade him right now. They're, they're, there's no impotence to trade that right now. We can go ahead and trade him in the summer. We can go ahead and trade him even next deadline because people would be acquiring him for his dead, for his bird rights. So there's no real stress to be able to move him right now. It's not like it's, it's a do-or-die situation. They can potentially wait until the summer. And I'm assuming that's what they're telling teams too. It's like, look, if the Grizzlies aren't coughing up what we were asking for them, you know, hey, like we don't have to trade him to you right now. We can call you guys back in the summer and see what happens there. So, yeah, and that that's kind of like been from an outsider's perspective. That has been my rationale with a with the Raptors blow it up all dealio, right? You know, Van Fleet and Trent, I get because of their free agency. But why not, like, you're already down there in the standings. Why not test the lottery and see if you can get Wimbenyama or Scoot Henderson with OG and Anobi, Pascal Siakam, and Scotty Barnes? Like, that's better than any trade they would make. That's a good point. Honestly, like, they, to your point, and I've seen people mention this before, I completely agree. It's like, it's not going to take much for this team to be a little bit worse and be in their lottery odds. I mean, maybe a Gary Trent D- Jr. deal or a Fred Van Vliet deal ends up making that happen. I mean, from from right now, I believe they're tied for sixth in lottery odds. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I think they're behind uh, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Pistons, the Hornets, and the Magic. But I, other than that, like, man, that you, you give yourself now the sixth best chance of getting a top three spot or the number one spot in a loaded generational type of draft. So even as is without making any trades, without any making any moves, they've been bad enough to be in these sweepstakes. So they right. don't need to make these drastic moves to your point. Yeah. With it, I'm not going to like full on quote Chris Vernon's rant from the mismatch. I'm going to let other people read, uh, listen to that but also <laughs> too. Uh, I, I try to keep it a little PG, but you know, they're still down there with Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and Precious Achua. I mean, you know, like they have trade value, but if Masai decides to keep them, and I'll tell you what, man, with the OG stuff, I, it's the combination of Masai's magic and Rich Paul's magic to where this has just been a generational PR thing on OG Ananobi. Like you'd think right. Kawhi Leonard hit the trade market the way that <laughs> he, we're all talking about Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, I can't tell if it's Masai or David Griffin. I know this isn't kind of Zach Kleiman's uh, mentality, but like, you know, you had Chris Haynes and Mark Stein being like, oh, yeah, the, the Grizzlies in New Orleans are basically trying to box each other out for OG Ananobi. They don't mm-hmm. want the other getting OG Ananobi. I think this has been all like a brilliant PR spin. Like it's kind of <laughs> underrated how like, it is a PR. Robbed yeah, up OG in this way. I think he's good. And I think I'm, I've am i kind of come around more on it than I was like three weeks ago when everyone was like in the middle of an 11 game winning streak. Like they should go trade for Ananobi. I'm like, they've won 11 games in a row. But now all that's kind of changed. But 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of want to hear from a Raptors perspective. And this was the GBB live question of the day the other night. Uh, shout out to the 235 uh, accounts that voted on this. What would it take to get OG and Anobi? And these were the options I laid out. It was all pretty even. The majority, which is like 39%, said either Dylan Brooks and, or Danny Green, Zaire Williams and two first for OG and Anobi. 30.5% said Danny Green, a young guy, and three first. And then roughly 20% said Brooks or Green, Zaire Williams and one first. And then I, I don't want to go through the replies for the 11%. <laughs> I think, oh, it was get, just get yeah. someone else. So 11% yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, uh, I'd rather go get someone else in OG. Yeah, so yeah, what would it take yeah, yeah. For, from Memphis? For... I think that's pretty close. Like all three of those I could see being like realistic offers. I think, I think the, you know, from what we saw Sunday as well, like Raptors, Grizzlies, they had, the Grizzlies had a bunch of prospects that like could really intrigue the Raptors. At least from my perspective, they intrigued me being on the Raptors. Santi Aldama is one of those guys where it's like, oh man, I would love to see that guy play next to a Pascal Siakam, play next to a OG, not an OG, but you know what I mean? Like a, a Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another guy's like David Roddy. Maybe he's a guy that they have interest in, right? I'm, we didn't get a chance to see too much of Jake or at all of Jake Gravia, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, he uh, he played the Friday, he played Friday Saturday night with the Hustle, so they weren't going to play him back right. back back games. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, I, I'm not sure what's there. I haven't really got a chance to get a grip of like what he is as a player, but I'm sure the Raptors could be interested in a guy like Jake Gravia because of the size and and whatnot. So. I, I, I think there are prospects on the Grizzlies that the Raptors can be interested in. I would, like, if I had to go ahead and make an offer to you right now, Parker, I guess I would go, like, give me give me Danny Green's contract, give me Zaire, give me Santi, and give me the Warriors pick from next year, and we'll call it a day. Is that a lot for you? Is that, because, like, I feel like that's pretty, that's pretty that's, in line with some of the offers that you guys had there, right? Where it's like. It, it is, yeah. So what, what I noticed that you did is you took out, so you did like green Zaire and instead of another first you threw right. in Santi. Santi. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of lines up with the reporting that has been out there. Correct me if I'm wrong about no, you're right. the Raptors yeah. prioritizing players over picks. Absolutely. And acquiring yeah. two 6'10 guys that are both younger than 22 years old. That's probably more enticing than uh, a collection of picks in the 20s. Yeah, but, if it's the bill for them too, right? Like that—that's yeah. something that they they kind of harp on is that size, that length, that athleticism. Yeah. I think like Zaire is obviously a guy that fits the bill. Santi is a guy that fits the bill. I don't know. I'm I'm personally a big Santi Aldama fan. Yeah, so like, yes, yes. He, I would, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I kind of see. I think they would draw the line when it comes to. I think they would rather give up another first than give up Santi. Santi, yeah. Especially, too, because at some point before his extension, they're going to decide between Adams and Clark so they can keep Santi. That's right, what I always right. kind of see it. I yeah. do – That's Yeah, that's yeah. that's how you guys operate, too. It's like, okay, so Funny one of ball, our guys yeah. – Yeah, one of our guys is up for extension. All right, let's move him, and now we have this young guy to replace him. So, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I yeah. You. I will ask you this, and this was something I've kind of thought about because a couple years ago at the trade deadline, we saw Toronto – trade Norm Powell on a five-year deal to get mm -hmm. Gary Trent on expiring to get his restricted free agency rights at free agency. And yeah. granted, this isn't restricted free agency. I think, I don't know if they would get his bird rights, but 
can we see something similar happen with Dylan Brooks and OG and Anobi, where it's like, hey, we like Dylan Brooks. We would pay him in free agency and probably be cheaper than we would pay OG and Anobi. And like, I think I, the the trouble that comes with that and like maybe maybe the Raptors are interested in Dylan Brooks, but like the trouble that comes with that is like, okay, now the Raptors have to deal with paying Fred, Gary, and Dylan Brooks in the summer. Yeah. This summer. And that's like, that's too much money that they're going to have to commit to all three of those guys. So it makes it a little bit harder. I think honestly, the Raptors would like money coming off their books. That's why the Danny Green part is, is kind of what I would prefer if I was yeah. the Raptors. It's like you get an expiring deal that comes off your books. Now you have these two young guys on team friendly deals. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Probably a buyout there. So, I mean, yeah. for me, what I voted on, I, I would personally do either. I, I would probably do Danny Green's Zaire Williams and two first round picks. I would mm-hmm. do the Grizzlies pick this year since it's going to be no higher than 25. I don't right. really. And the Grizzlies have shown, I know like we talk about like the first round picks thing, but like they traded to, they traded second round picks to get picks 30 and back to back drafts and got Desmond Payne and Santi Aldama. Like I'm not worried about how they'll work no. around the margins there. And the other thing is like, man, sometimes like, so when you hear three firsts for a guy like OJ Ananobi, you're like, Jesus Christ, three firsts, right? But like a, two of those picks are going to be 25, 27, 20, you know, something like that. Yeah, right? like, and then and then the Warriors pick is like, who knows if they end up including the Warriors pick. Because that's I think the that's going to keep. That I yeah, I imagine. I imagine that, that's that's the that's the big kahuna right there for you guys, right? That's the chip. Uh, so yeah. I, I get it. I get that. I get that. Yeah. yeah so that's kind of where I stand. Um, but yeah, you know, as we're about running out of time here, uh, if you just want to, you know, anything else you want to say, some stuff that you want to plug in. I know I mentioned earlier in the show, you got a big trade deadline. Is it going to be a live thing or is it going to be an afterwards kind of deal? Yeah. So we're going to do a live trade deadline show from two to 4 PM Eastern on YouTube live on the SDBN sports, SDPN sports channel on YouTube. So you can go and check it out. We're going to be there talking. Uh, not just Raptors, not just Grizzlies, but pretty much everything league-wide, whether it be the Kyrie Mavericks and any other moves the Mavericks decide to do or anything else out there. So yeah, we're going to be we're gonna be talking about a bunch of NBA news throughout those two hours. Appreciate you for having me on, as always. And uh, yeah, should be fun to see if the Grizzlies end up doing anything, man. And likewise with the Raptors, they literally control the destiny of the entire trade line. So as I appreciate <laughs> you coming on this uh, podcast with me, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at just as E-S and then B-A-R-A-H-E-N-I. I wasn't going to botch that again. I appreciate you, dog. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, y'all can uh, follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Make sure you follow all of our work over at grizzlybearblues.com. Follow us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. And make sure you're liking, subscribing, and downloading and writing reviews for the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, wherever you get your coverage. We'll be right there whether that's the turnaround, the slump, the trade deadline, we're there. So, yeah, with that, we will see you soon.